Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, how many alarm bells are ringing there in the Philippines right now? I mean, outside of the alarm that actually woke me up this morning to get up because it is currently 11.48 a.m., um, so we are 15 hours ahead um, of the Pacific time zone, and I got up, you know, took my daughter to school expecting to come back to a nice LAFC game and in which I, you know, like this was the, this is one of the games that we thought, okay, that we should, we should get this one. Right. You know, because again, RSL doesn't necessarily play negative football, right? They, they generally will come out and play and they'll make it a fun game or whatever, but you know, you come out to this game and it was just, the most uninspiring football I've seen from LAFC ever. Or at least, I mean, outside of like when the team's already revolting against Bob Bradley, right? But even then, those teams, like, even when that team was seemed like they were, you know, they were done, they were through with Bob in 2021 when they missed the playoffs, they at least showed more heart and fight than we saw. I mean, I get it. I don't know. Again, it, like I said, it's weird to, to kind of diagnose it because again, it doesn't necessarily look like they gave up by any means, but it just looked like they're listless or just have nothing, no more, they've run out of ideas at best, right? And so yeah. to kind of sit back and watch it, I'm just like, man, you know, like my, you know, I got to go to bed, you know, in what, two or three hours, you know, for the night shift. Um and I just wasted, you know, an hour and a half of my life where I could have been out enjoying, you know, going playing some golf or something like that. I don't know. Maybe Gareth Bell had something something going there. <laughs> Interesting that you mentioned Gareth Bell because uh, I've got some stuff to mention here. Um, LAFC are in big trouble as far as I'm concerned. This is four goals where they're now scoreless. Granted, You've only given up one. That's about as positive as I will get on trying to spin this thing. Uh, up until last night, people were still saying, LFC are second place in the league. You and I discussed that that is a farce, right? They were, they were second in the West, which is a decidedly weaker conference this year. Um, and like ninth or 10th overall in MLS. The funny thing to me, Josh, is people say that, oh, they're second place in the West, but then they'll be sure to remind you that the MLS cup is what matters and you have to win that against an East coast team. So it's like, Hey, the, the Eastern conference is still there. You can't just discount it when it suits you. Um, so like I said, scoreless in four, only given up one held Tigres to very few shots defensively have been good defensively tonight. We're pretty solid aside from one, howler of a moment where Mario is, is in the middle of the box doing what he should do, you know, there to block off any low crosses coming in. And Chicho is somehow unmarked by Ryan Hollingshead uh, in between the two of them. And he fires in a great header off of a, you know, off of a, a good cross, but we all know how aerial crosses go in terms of like, how repeatable they are in, ter- in like whether you're going to score or not, but that's all it took. 
because LAFC cannot get it done. And this is one of those moments where a team has come into their house and said, sure, you can have the ball. Take it. We don't care. We're not scared of you. Take the ball. You will do nothing with it. And LAFC said, yeah, you're right. We won't do anything with it. Um, the only creator on this team, and has been this way really all year, the only person that can create is transition moments. They can only attack and transition. And they're not even good at that anymore because everybody knows exactly what's going to happen. It's going to go to Bawanga and it's going to be straight to goal from there. Uh, and that's it. That's it. You and I have harped a lot on them not attacking so much in transition. And <laughs> maybe this is maybe this is why they're doing it, because they know how bad it is when they actually have the ball. I don't know. But um, I don't know how far this team goes in the playoffs, assuming they make it. Yeah, I mean, again, the unfortunate thing is that it's not even... At this point, I'm... I'm probably 50-50 on their chances of making the playoffs, which is sad given that the last podcast we were looking, or the last time I was on at least, we were talking about, okay, if we go 2-1-1 one, and one through these last four, you're looking yeah. at a potential you know, second-place finish and then you're, you're in solid footing for the playoff race. This is a far cry from being in solid footing for the playoff race. In fact, yeah, I think we were just wrong about that, right? You need yeah. something better than two one one, obviously. <laughs> I mean, over the having lost the first one, now I mean, you got to basically, yep. I think, to to finish in the top four, you're going to need to win out, and it's a tall task upcoming, given that you go, you know, you have a Van, you have Vancouver away, which you've never won there on the carpet, mm -hmm. then you play Minnesota at home who in there, you know, again, it's likely to be a repeat of some of these, you know, these slog fests that we've seen where it's LAFC with a lot of the ball with not a whole lot going forward. And then, yeah. you know, what, Austin? I mean, I knew that, I think I'm pretty sure I did that Austin in the first order. But you have Austin away, which, again, I, I always like that match against Austin because Austin will come out and play, and that actually plays into LAFC's strengths. Yeah. But it's away. Right. So you're, you know, you're still probably a, you know, slight underdog, right? Going away into any, again, not by much, right? But I don't, at, the, at their current form, I don't put them, I wouldn't put them as overwhelming favorites going away into a bad team, right? I think they're yeah. either, it's either a push or a slight, you're, you're a slight underdog going away into Austin. So again, like imagine if you drop these next, these last three, then you're pretty, you're likely either just squeaking in, right, which is a failure by any means in Major League Soccer where nine teams make the playoffs in yep. every division. Like that's not, you know, what, 18 of 30 teams? 29. Yeah. 29 18 teams, of 29 right? teams. Yeah, so, again, <laughs> which is the, the, insane, the, Josh. It is the insane. The lowest of bars. Absolutely. Right. So then when you really think about it, it's like, you know, then I start to look at, okay, what, what, where, where can they go from here? The weird thing is I don't necessarily, I'm not even sure this is a talent issue, right? Because if I compare our roster across the board and how you could potentially make the pieces fit, I do wonder if there's, you could get more out of it. Right. And again, and 
maybe there's moves that still need to be made in terms of like you. I mean, why you don't why you still don't have a third DP is by my understanding, given yep. that your first yep. DP is no longer DP quality, right? Yeah. You had to have done something there, and so again, given given the way that the moves that they made again, and the crazy thing is, we were pretty optimistic about how things had been going. Um, it's looking more and more like a failure of, of, you know, two failed windows as opposed to two positive ones. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, there's a lot of questions to be asked at this point. And again, obviously there's still time left and the way that, you know, and if we're, if the cup is the thing that we value the most over all things, Technically, they still have a shot at it, and technically, if they win, maybe they'll shut us all up, and I'll be happy to be quiet at that point if they end up winning it all and it comes together at the last moment. But to be reliant on knockout, knockout cup games, yeah, is not exactly the most, you know, to be to consider it a successful season is not necessarily the most awe-inspiring thing I've ever seen before. So that point right there is one of my big points about this team specifically is relying on knockout play to make to like draw conclusions about what your team is or isn't is not good. It's why you and I don't think the playoffs should even be a thing. It should just be a flat table, right? Where everybody plays everybody just like every other league in the world. We don't we don't Again, we don't need to market this game any differently to make Americans pay attention. Americans pay attention to the sport if they like it. And there's plenty of proof there with the number of Peacock subscriptions that are out there so people can watch the Premier League, right? Um, but at this point last year, maybe a little bit earlier, because they started to bounce back, LAFC were in the dumps, just like they are now. Right, we had that August where I think we played six games and we, I think we won one of them. Right, and they went from like the runaway supporter shield favorites to we don't know what's going on with this team. It might be over for the season. Right, and Chicho was the only thing. Chicho came, I think he was injured, and then he came back. Right, and he got you through that that bad spell. Uh, you squeak through. You tie for Supporters Shield with Philly. You tie an MLS Cup with Philly. The problem is there's no Gareth Bale to come save you, right? If we're going to be honest about the MLS Cup, Josh, we have to acknowledge that LAFC were losing this game at multiple points. And I think it's Jack McLinn that came in, right? That that lost track of of cheeky down the left down the left wing cheeky comes in he gets in a uh an aerial cutback cross and it's gareth bale that's there for the header right gareth bale who's only on your roster to get ready for the winter world cup in qatar which is never a thing right so you have all these all these random factors going in you get to the shootout and john mccarthy has the moment of his life and we all get to celebrate. We all get to clown on on Philly because that's always fun. Um, and it's good. It's it's awesome. Nobody. And the good thing about MLS Cup is nobody can ever take that away. The stars on the shirt, it's never coming off. But to draw conclusions 
based on what that on what the team was at that point was a mistake. To say that this team is automatically a contender for next year was a mistake because the people that helped you the most, Chicho and Bale last year, to get to the point that you did are now gone. And LAFC did not replace them. They like they did not replace them. I don't care what you say about Oliveira or uh or Mario, like they did not replace them. Mario Gonzalez didn't come to the summer, right? We've talked about this a lot. You got rid of Chicho, you let him walk, or you sold him, whatever it was. Um, and then you didn't replace him. You went into all these competitions without a striker. Uh, and so like, that's the first big point is that, yes, they won MLS Cup, but I think even that was a bit of fool's gold in terms of like overall quality for the team and what you got from Steve Chirundolo, right? Um, because like you said, there are a lot of quality players there that bailed you out in, in tight moments. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing to get through the MLS Cup. It's a whole other thing to get through CCL. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's that's where you end up getting exposed, right? Your how your roster build in terms of not having a proper striker in place, in not having proper midfield depth in place for Ilya, right? Mm-hmm. More than anything, because yeah. he just looks yeah. like you know, the 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 tires are starting to wear, you know. Uh and you know, same thing with Vela to not have not have made like a a solid move in in the DP department, hey, and yeah. that solid move could have been as simple as just letting Sifu walk and resigning, resigning Chicho. Yes, and that yes. that I think is the most frustrating thing, ah. is that ultimately in this conversation, right? Um, you know, we're in a situation where it feels like it could have been relatively avoidable. Um, again. Maybe hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But it does it does feel like there were opportunities missed at minimum, right? Where again, if yeah. you're going to, yeah. if you know that you're losing a Gareth Bale, if you know that you know that you know some of these things are happening, you why would you bank? Why would you bank your continent, your intercontinent, your your continental success on? a uh you know on a guy that's whose whose stock had already started to dip prior to the MLS Cup. Yeah. Right? Like it you know it's not like Sifu was peaking at the moment of the MLS Cup. Right? Maybe in the eyes of MLS state media, but I'm pretty sure yeah. if you were to rewind to the back half of that season, you and I were not happy with with how Sifu had been playing yeah, through the yeah. summer. Right. Like I think he his his peak was really what beginning of last season, somewhere in there. It was where you probably could have made that sale. Yeah. Yeah. At, at, at his highest amount. And then, you know, by like I said, by the time you get towards MLS Cup, yeah, he was a he was he was good, he was serviceable, right? But he wasn't gonna be a guy that won you a game, right? You needed to go out and find a Gareth Bale, right? Cool. You it wins you a cup. But like you said, it it's one thing to to win, you know, to be in a in a knockout competition, right, in which you're you're starting with eighteen teams, right, in the playoffs. Yeah. It's a whole other thing to to kind of look at it from another from a global perspective and see, okay, what what do they really look 
look like lined up against the best. And they've had flashes and they've had moments. But I've seen teams with flashes and moments, right? That ultimately won nothing. Right? Yeah. You know, or or yeah. didn't win nearly as much as we thought they were gonna win. Um, given given the level of talent that they've had. And again, sometimes it comes down to you you have to have someone that's going to be I think I again I think it, it does come down to Trendlow. Again, I hate to say it because again I've been a big supporter of what he had done in, in you know, early on in terms of his management and his adjustments. But again, you know, I tweeted out earlier today, he does look he basically just looks like a, a Frank Vogel. Right? For, <laughs> for as an NBA for an NBA reference, he's a guy. Yeah. He's a jag, just another guy. Right. Like in terms of his management ability. Again, it may, yeah. maybe that's asking a lot of Major League Soccer, right? Like, we are in Major League Soccer. It's not like people are clamoring, you know, you know, clamoring to, you know, the best managers are clamoring to get here, right? But I'm pretty sure, you know, wasn't, hadn't they already, fi- hadn't Mexico already fired Tata Martino around that same time? Mm. Oh, you mean when, uh, when Chirendola was hired? Yeah. No, it- because, I mean, Tata was there for, the world cup oh that's true okay yeah yeah so i don't know i guess so i mean let's talk about chirundula for a second because i think he benefited from the dna that bob had left and bob had lost control of the team clearly and had he was out of ideas on how to fix it in in year four uh interestingly enough that's like how long his tenure is at just about every stop he's had is four years unless he's fired early right where he has success, it seems to run about four years, and then it's over. Obviously, Toronto and Swansea and I think Egypt are different stories. Um, but I think a lot of that attacking identity and like that those ideas that we talk about, the ability to create the, you know, what to look for, the patterns of play. Uh, I, I can't tell you the last time I saw LAFC score on a through ball. Right. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about a ball over the top. I'm talking about a ball played in between the fullback and the center back and a winger running in and, and, and scoring it. Um, because that, it, that, that ability has gone. It's gone. It's not there anymore. Um, and you, you were doing that with midfielders like Mark Anthony K and Latif blessing, right? It's not like you had world beater creators out there. You and I complained plenty about the number of turnovers and, and like the poor vision that those two displayed all the time. You have, more creative midfielders at this point you could do it but they're they just don't um so i do think Torundolo well, had a bump oh go ahead go ahead no i mean it's like i do think that like in terms of football ideas right bob bob is a guy that is doesn't seem to ever have a limit on how much how, on what he has to throw out there right in a really weird way Right, I think I think Bob is willing. Bob, for whatever you know, for all his faults, right, um, seemed to be willing to push this team in a progressive in a progressive manner from a from a footballing perspective. Yeah. However, Bob is like a cheese grater to the locker room. Yeah. Because yeah. of his personality, and again, this is not anything new. Like whether it be with the national team or any of his other stints, he does tend to rub a lot of people the wrong way, right? You get it from a lot of um, disciplinarian coaches 
across yeah. all sports. Like those guys only last so long because grown men only like being can only handle being <laughs> told what to do by another grown man for so long. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I think why, you know, again, and there again, there there seems to be a limit, but again, it, it does take a legendary coach to prove otherwise, right? Whether it's Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, right? These guys that seem to be able to understand that balance between getting keeping guys you know, in, in line yet still at the same time looking for opportunities to innovate. Um, yeah. You know, they don't, they don't come around too often, right. Within, within football, it's pep. Clop. Uh, I mean, for what is it? I don't even think pep's all that great with people. I think he's just this undeniable mind, right? So people, I mean, he's, he's essentially like God, to most people where it's like, well, I would never question what Pep says. Why would you do that? That's stupid, <laughs> right? Every, every conversation that anybody ever has with Pep begins with the assumption that this man is smarter than me. So whatever he says, I'm just going to take it, right? Like when he went after a Holland earlier in the year, like he went and like it was caught on camera and everybody's on Twitter's like, oh, how could you do that to your player or whatever? And then they asked Holland about it and he was like, well, yeah, he was telling me what mistake I made. It's fine. Like, and, I mean, you see Pep do that to Ederson too. Like he goes crazy on Ederson for like what end up being good passes, but it's not the way that he wants. Right. Uh, yeah, but I but think again, Pep just but, benefits but from. A, yeah. But I think there's a, there's a difference between that and Bob. Yeah. Right? Like, well, I, Bob's I, not Pep, do, right? Yeah. yeah. I do. I do think, I do think that there's an understanding from, from guys like Pep and Klopp of how, how and when to massage egos. And how and when yeah, push, yeah, yeah. push those same egos in, in the in the right direction, right? It's like I think you can't be I don't think you can be a substitute teacher like Terenlo has been. Right. Like that 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 is the, the vibe that, that comes off when I see him on the sideline. And it feels like a guy that is just trying to get out of the way. They set yeah. up he sets up the team in a very you know in a very specific way, which has worked well for them defensively, yet at the same time right is offering not very much in terms of them trying to figure out this this bigger picture right versus yeah. like i said whether it be whether it be Klopp or pep or who or you name it again right. these are these are the creme de la creme of of coaches Ancelotti, you know who there 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 is a way you know and, and Ancelotti is probably the best the 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 closest example of a guy who seemingly has a more laid back personality, but yet seemingly pushes all the right buttons at the right time. Right. And yeah. I, that's where yeah. I feel like our, as of late, you know, like I said, we, we do find ourselves in a bit of a deficit because it doesn't seem like we're getting, there's just not much there. Yeah. Right? Like you're asking for more, but the team is asking for more. The team is prepared for more. The team has more. But where you just never see the the adjustment made to give you that next something. Yeah, yeah. I he it's it it really just is not there. There the inability to fix it. And again, I think and I, I don't think I don't think we missed this last year. I don't think it's lost on anybody. Again, Chicho carried you through the playoffs. And he got you out of that slump that you were in, right? So it's not like it's not like Trundolo changed anything, right? And Gareth Bale 
excuse the pun, I can't think of another way to say it right now, bailed you out in the MLS Cup final, right? Like he he scores that that uh equalizer at the at the death and you're able to get there. And then we so we just came into this year thinking, oh, we won MLS Cup, everything's fine, everything's gonna be great. And you know, everybody's back on the bandwagon and you start off okay because teams haven't figured out exactly what you're doing. You've leaned more into into attacking and transition and then you get found out and you get tired and then you're super easy to defend and they've never again showed any propensity to, like you said, come up with new ideas, come up with new things to do. And that absolutely, like, yeah, I think that lands squarely at the feet of the coaching staff. Because, I mean... I I don't know what they're trying to do in order to attack. I I really like, I don't know what I'm watching half the time other than like, ah, we'll pass it around. We'll see what happens. We'll pass it around. We'll see what happens. Oh, Carlos. Oh, Boanga do something. And that's about it. Set pieces seem disorganized and chaotic. Um, Aaron long is up there on set pieces and he's instead of taking shots, he's asking for handballs and letting the moment pass him by. Like, Dude, I. Well, that's the thing. It's I like your your success was largely in part, right, to having what two, three, four, four in the context of major league soccer. That is four yeah. supreme attacking talents. Last year, yeah, right. You have Chicho, you have Vela. You have Gareth Bale, you know, and you have um, Huanga, yeah. right? And whoever else you threw into that mix. But those four guys, right, is largely who drove the majority of your offense. Keep going back. That's basically all you've had, right? It was Vela scoring an absurd amount of goal and, and Rossi basically yeah. carrying the team. And then it was Chicho after that, right, who, who basically yeah. carried the team. And so if you go from four to one and a half, what what are, what do you expect to happen? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like and maybe, maybe we only had three and a half, right? Because Garrett Bell was, you know, on his last leg, right? We all know how yeah, yeah. how injured he was and you know, and those types of things. Yeah. And like it does it does feel like you went from you know, like I said, like if if to make up for the lack of creativity, you needed for special talents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And great. Right. Like, like maybe that's what it takes is that you just need, re, you know, you need that level of that caliber of player. But it feels like, you know, when you've had some of these teams that were, that were really bad, you know, like they were really bad or you know, put it this way, these NBA teams that are like really top heavy. Yeah. Right. Where, where they have maybe one or two superstars and then the rest of the talent is, like below league average. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. some Laker teams that were like that, you know, in, in, you know, towards the end of Kobe's, Kobe's career, um, where again, you're, you're just asking way too much of, of, of one guy, you know, or two guys. And again, like if you, if Buanga has been great, but if you can shut down Buanga, what the LAFC have left? Nothing. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem, right? Is that it's we've been talking about this for months. So I like I don't even know how useful it is to keep talking about it at this point because it's like the attack is like the 
the game plan is turn the ball over, find Bawanga, score goals. Like that's it. Attack and transition with through Bawanga. Like that's that's what it is. And it, and now that teams know that that's all they have, they they're not they don't have to be threatened by Vela in the same way that they used to be. They don't have to be threatened if LA if LAFC have the ball because they have no idea what to do with it. Uh, in terms of like putting it in the back of the net once you finally get to the final to the final third, um, so it, and there's and there's no striker, so it's like what are they going to do? Pass it into the middle? <laughs> like yeah, I mean, and like Bogush Bogush has been great in attempting to facilitate the you know into the channels, yeah, right. Like yeah. he's he's been the the lone bright bright part in the mid, you know, like. Yeah, in a re- in on a relatively mid attack over the last month or two, he's been yeah. the bright spot, right? Because he he does find that ability to to pop up, you know, in the channel and then facilitate a little bit, which you know, generally will make life easier. But if it's just not part of your patterns of play, yeah, he can only do so much, right? So if you're constantly only going to attack down the flank in transition, or you're not going to build up in a way like when was the last time we saw LAFC hit a switch? I couldn't tell you. Right? Like, they, they're they incapable of stressing teams horizontally, only vertically. And, yeah, and they definitely very- won't switch through the midfield. It's like back to the Mark Anthony K. let's see, Flessing days, where it's like those two were always just gone in the midfield. And, like, that's just like, it's 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 happening again where yeah, you'll see I mean, Bogus pick up guys, the ball on the left wing and look for somebody to switch it to and they're like there's nobody there. Yeah. But I mean at least they put in a shift defensively always. Right? Like Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. It's like the but you know, for the last you know, this this entire season, how often has either Sifu when he was starting heavily or Tillman crept back regularly? I get Bogus because he's pushed up higher. Right? He's kind yeah. of pushed up into like as especially as of late, right? He's he's effectively a number ten, just kind of, you know, with Acosta dropping so deep, right? right? But you know, what what are those other you know what what defensive work is anyone is anyone else putting in? Yeah, you know, to the to that point. Trying to find so one of the things that I wanted to bring up too, you kind of mentioned it already, also with. Uh, with Ilya and him looking like tired and just kind of worn down. Um, I'm trying to find the number, like his number of touches relative to the rest of the league. Um, That's not what I'm looking for here. I can't. I can't find it. I'm. I'm trying to find just. Just like the number of touches, because I honestly don't feel like he gets the ball very often. Right? We kind of talked about this before, where you have this Spanish regista, and the way that you play is antithetical to the way that he's trained to play. Right? And you didn't play at this breakneck pace last year, so it wasn't as big of a deal, and, and he was a much better fit. But like now, you're talking about a guy who's mostly going to intercept the ball. He's not a destroyer. He's a creator. He's a facilitator, but you don't play to his strengths, right? So you have this midfield of uh, 
Bogus, who was, you know, um, more of an advanced midfielder. He he likes to play as an attacking midfielder, similar to Sifu, right? He's giving you more at the moment than you were getting from Sifu in the last year and a half. You have a box-to-box guy in Count Acosta who's been great defensively. Again, I I don't think he has much of a role in the attack because the attack is just get it to the forwards as fast as possible. Um, and then you have Ilya, who is a guy that's going to sit back and and play make and intercept passes on a team that does that wants to do nothing but counterattack directly. So, I, like I I don't know what that midfield is, Josh. Like I it doesn't quite make sense to me what they want to be. I mean, yeah, that that's the thing. It's like it does it doesn't have it doesn't seem like there's much thought put into it. Right. So that that I think that therein lies the problem, right? Is is that just like you're confused as to what they're doing, it seems like the coaching staff is just is probably (laughs) just as confused. Because like you're saying, right, the way when when the way that LFC built up last year, right, was a little bit more deliberate, right? You you would see those natural yeah. triangles take place, but now Ilya has been relegated to just dropping in between the center backs, and then playing yeah. a one pass, uh, you know, playing a pass up to maybe an Acosta or the Hollingshead, who's yeah. kind of pinched in. Yeah. That's basically all he does now, right? Which yep. again, whereas in the in the last year, you know, when you would when. Acosta would drop down, you would have a bit of a double pivot, right? But then Ilya is looking to make that turn and then push push that forward, yeah, right? And it doesn't, you just don't, again, whether it's, you know, I don't know if it's his legs have just gone or a matter of him or the, the game model, right? Or like, or maybe they had to adjust <laughs> it to save his legs. I don't know, but. I mean, it could be, it could be him, Playing, you know, LAFC wanting to play more out of a three-two-five type of thing, where he's he's dropping back and the fullbacks are high, and you are essentially playing out of a three-two-five with Bogush and Acosta as the as the only midfielders. Right? Here's a, here's an interesting um, as I'm looking for it, just the total number of touches. How many how many progressive passes do you think Ilya receives per game? Uh, one and so they <laughs> so here's the here's the criteria from fp ref on this it, it has to travel at least 10 yards towards the opponent's goal line and i mean is Aaron it's, Long behind it's, ex, it's excluding passes from the defending 40 percent of the pitch so you're basically talking about a center ball a center back playing him the ball from the from the circle in the middle right I mean, is that really fair considering he's had Long and Muriel behind him most of the year? But this this is what I'm saying, right? Is what are you doing with Ilya? You have this midfielder that has the skill set and you're not using it. So he receives 0.74 per 90 of this type of pass. So a progressive pass, right? Where you're putting the ball on his foot in the attacking half. He doesn't even receive one per game. That's good for 16th... (laughs) It's in the 16th percentile in the league for guys in his position. Like that's crazy to me that like you essentially have no interest in playing through him. And like I I I like him as a player. 
He's my kind of midfielder. But why are you using him like this? I should say, why aren't you using him, right? Because you're I mean, just I guess bypassing him. And that's the thing, right? It's like, is it now, is because, and then because of hit the miles on his legs and his inability to, you know, to now destroy or do these other things, is he now wasted space, unfortunately, right? Like, he went from one of your most important players, and then you've, yeah. again, you've relegated him to doing, to play, you know, to playing uh, essentially out of position, right? Whereas, again, you're yes. not, you're not, yes. Utilize, but but that's the, that's the tail of the tape for LAFC as a whole, right? Yeah. Like how often have you heard of oh we have all this flexibility because we have these guys that can play multiple positions, and then you basically get to a point where you have a bunch of guys who can do a job but are not good at, at any of those jobs. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like can can Ilya play center back? Oh, well, I guess not. But can Ilya drop in between the center backs <laughs> and pass? Sure. Does it? Does it benefit the team in any, you know, like as much as if you were going to play him in a more progressive position or allow him to progress the ball? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, I, I, dude, I'm you. You know how I feel about midfielders, and like, I think, I think you are wasting a great midfielder by just having him run by doing the typical American thing, which is just chaos ball. Let's just run. Let's just run and see what happens. Um, and I think I think this is uh, uh, where Dolo starts to to really lose me because last year they still had you know some of that at, uh, that attacking identity left, and he himself said we're just trying to shore up a few things defensively, really, right? And it worked. It got them over the hump that they were trying to get over, right? They they barely got there, but they got there. And this year. He's become every other American coach that you've ever heard of. Where it's yeah. like it, it's all direct, it's all it's all running, it's all press, it's all there's there's no thought, there's no ideas, there's no creativity, there's not even a consideration for hitting the pause button every once in a while and like just looking at what you see. Um, so I, man. It's it is. I mean, like I said earlier, he's he's just become just another guy. Yeah, yeah. Right, like again, can you really distinguish him from Jesse Marsh, Bob Josh Bradley, Wolf, old Greg Burhalter? Like they're they're all the same. They're all the same. Yeah, and Greg. Which so like, a- take Greg for example, right? Greg says that he wants to, you know, like when he when he got hired for the U.S., he said that he wanted to play. You know, he wanted to implement positional play. We want to use the ball to disorganize the opponent and create goal scoring opportunities, right? <laughs> like part and parcel for positional play. And what do they end up doing? They just end up running. That's all they do. They attack and transition and they run. It's just like everybody else, like you said. So uh ah, man. Again, I'm not there. I'm not there yet. I'm not saying pull the trigger because there's still there's still things on the plate for LAFC to eat, right? You still have three more games in the regular season. You're going to the playoffs and barring a cataclysmic failure, um, you're going to the playoffs. But uh, it's, we're, we're arriving 
we're arriving to that point. Yeah, for each it other. gets harder and harder to defend when, again, maybe we'll get pushed back here, but it doesn't. I, I, I struggle to find. You know, like I said, we're we're under five hundred in big quote unquote big games. Yeah, you're twelve nine and ten on the season. Yeah. Ten losses, nine draws. <laughs> oh man it's it's a mid it's you're a mid table you're mid table at best in terms of your performance yeah at this point what was the stat the other day that i think they had won one in six right or was it one in Uh, seven it's one in seven i think yeah so now now it'd be one in eight yeah oh josh eight games i'm gonna double check that to make sure but Dude, if that's true, I might I might be changing my answer here. I guess, it, like, if you go scoreless for four games at any other big club in the world, granted, LFC is not actually not an actual club, MLS franchise, uh, and MLS, MLS managers are not. Yes, MLS managers are not under near the same level of scrutiny as they are in in world football. Um, but if you were to do that at like, I mean, who does LAFC look at themselves as if this were the Premier League? I don't even need that. Look, look at if you were to do that in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, right. You're out of a job. But I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to go for one that's like really relatable, right? If, if this was the Premier League, LAFC definitely claimed to be one of the, one of the top in four. current form, Bournemouth. <laughs> No, but they're, but they're going to say, like, we're one of the big four, right? Yeah. And they're, they're probably right based on the past five years. They're, they're like Mourinho, Manchester United. Yeah, that's who they're claiming to be, right? And like That's how they're playing, like, too. <laughs> but, like, if they were to go four scoreless and, like, be absolutely, like, in an absolute tailspin headed to the end of the season, there would be... There, like, it wouldn't be just, oh, well, let's, let's see what happens. Let's give them another game. Let's see what happens. Um, but like, and like a lot of American managers gets, gets a lot of benefit of the doubt. Um, okay. So a loss to Salt Lake. That's one, a draw to Philly to draw to St. Louis win against galaxy. So that's one in four loss to Portland. One and five, lost to Miami, one and six, lost to Charlotte, one and seven. Yeah. And then you beat Colorado. You beat Colorado. And you beat, oh, and then before that was. So, so since League's Cup, you have won two out of eight. Jeez. Good 25% there, you know? You've won two out of eight. And you've drawn two. Do I have that right? Yeah. One, two, drawn two, lost four. Yikes. Yeah. Again, and I mean, you're you're a mid-table team, right? If you look at the overall standings, yeah, right, yeah. Oh, I think you're muted there. 
like when you look at the overall standings outside of, you know, outside of conference, right? Like the full the full table, if you will, right? Yeah. Aren't you like twelfth or something like that? At this point, let's see. Forty five points puts you below Nashville, or tied with Nashville in the East, and they are seventh in the East on forty five points. So you would be basically tied for 10th or 11th. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're a mid table team headed in the wrong direction. You're basically, I'm telling you, you're Manchester United because they're in 10th right now. <laughs> you said under Mourinho, you're talking about, I mean, under 10 hack. right. Even now, <laughs> I mean, the weirdest thing, the craziest thing to think, right. It's like you implement the playoff system in the Premier League right now, born with that 18th is making the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little different when you only have 20 teams, but yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So LAFC have won two of eight since league's cup since league's cup. That was a long time ago. That was uh-huh. a long time ago. And we all know how the stretch was from CCL to league's cup. So really you have been playing abysmal football for since the end of june yeah the better half of the season and like we said you have minnesota who has always been challenging for you we've handled them in the past but they've always been a challenge expect adrian heath to come in again in a 5-3-2 and say let's see what you can do with the ball and the answer will likely be nothing then you have Austin, like we said, probably the most winnable game of the three because they're actually going to try and play. And Josh Wolf is uh, a jag just the same, right? Uh, who should have been fired jags. months ago. Yeah, he's he's the jaggiest of them all. And then you have Vancouver away where you've never won. And our boy Tristan Blackman, who... Shout out Swaggy T, always. playing really well, really well. All right, we are 46 minutes in, Josh. We got to get to some questions here because I'm sure there are a lot on a night like tonight. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to find a thread. Okay, first one is from Lionel Hutz. Honestly thought they played better tonight. Vela was more involved. They were patient to a fault, but don't think it's the player's fault. Coaches need to generate new ideas offensively including on set pieces. Like we always say, Josh, the smartest, the smartest fans. Um, do, did they look better tonight? I guess they had more of the ball, right? Um, but again, that's partly because RSL wasn't particularly interested in holding it onto it themselves. Um, they, they are out of ideas and their set pieces are brutal to watch. Brutal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of these things where it's like, depends on your expectation level. If mediocre is acceptable, then we're <laughs> we're fi- we're right there where we need to be, right? But yeah. if your expectation level was that you're going to, as as it was for all the FC fans, we're going to challenge for six cups, only yeah. to be now only in line for one. Yep. You know, like the. That thing is, I I just know LAFC's expect LAFC fans' expectation level is not just to be 
you know, it's 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 not just to make money for Stan Kroenke. Yeah, well, way. and it's it's not like LAFC have like just allowed fans to think that on their own. You know what I'm saying? Like LAFC have played into that. They've they've made it. They've made they've made it a point to thump their chest about that. That we're going to be different. We're going to be ambitious. We're going to play a uh, an attractive brand, right? That was that was part of the deal under Bob. Is like we want to be a uh, a a team that you like to watch. We like we want to be a team that wins. We want to be a team that superstars want to play at. And right now they are none of those things. So uh, I do think it's not really. I, I like you said earlier the the roster's fine. That like there's are there holes? Yes. Should they have a third DP? Yes. There are no excuses to be in year five and still be playing with two DPs. It's it's uh it's the biggest thing that it's like the biggest gripe i have about the way jt handles this roster is the inability to keep three dps producing um so anyway uh, i mean and and, and for what like to look for market efficiency inefficiencies to look for this thing like again you know like is he is he the general you know is he the team president and general manager or is he a stockbroker (laughs) <laughs> right like you know like if i if yeah. i if i needed you know if i wanted jt to be that guy you know like but even then he's not doing so hot at being that guy either right if we wanted him to be you know the 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 trader that finds the diamond in the rough and then is able you know like he hasn't done well that he hasn't done that either right it's been you know the only team that's really done that and has sold guys for i guess technically chicago right like you have these teams that like have no no qualms about spending. I guess like Chicago went out and got the guy that they sold to Aston Villa, right? Yeah. And then and and then they guess they sold Slonina as well. I think for... I think that I think both those are kind of accidents, to be honest. I don't think they went out and were like, oh, this is the one, right? I think it's just like I. But uh, in terms of selling on, yeah, it's it that it has not worked out. That, Miami. I, that's, I mean, that Miami, uh, that's indisputable Atlanta. to me. Yeah. yeah, Atlanta's been yeah. the only team that's actually been able to do it relatively, and even then, they're not. They I mean, even the, yeah, you're it. dealing with the you're dealing with Almiron as a as an outlier that like the league doesn't understand is an outlier, yeah. right? Everybody yeah. thinks like, you, oh, the, then you luck what, what was that deal? Right? Was that twenty six million for Almiron? Twenty eight, I think. Twenty eight. So like everybody looked at that and said, okay, twenty eight is what we're aiming for, right? And then you end up. <laughs> You end up in this in this weird thing where you're waiting for that much on Diego Rossi, so you take too long to move him. You're waiting for more on Sifu, so you take too long to move him. Uh, anyway, yeah. Samba Amarath. This is a top-down problem. Dolo is clearly out of ideas and in danger of becoming Bob 2.0 at this rate. I said it before, this is a season of almost, and lately it's not even reaching that threshold in the individual games. Yeah, it's it's failure lately. Like it, it really just is, right? I mean, I think Four where he gets scoreless. it most right is What's that? Bob 2.0 because, again, he's just become another guy. Another one of the, yeah. the list of American managers who just do the same old, same old. Right. And very similar to Bob, like has initial success and then it just, the floor falls out from below you, right? But but I think that's what they wanted to a certain degree, right? Like the reason why they brought in Dola was because of quote-unquote continuity. 
Yeah. Right? He, he, you know, he, and it's, it's, it's Bob with a nicer personality. Are you calling him a yes man? Is that, is that the accusation? <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, that's what a lot of people said when he was hired in the first place, right? Was that, oh, this is just, you know, I, I didn't see it as this. Uh, I, it's something that I disagreed with, but, and still do, but, you know, it's, it's, he's, they're bringing in a puppet, right? They're giving him this, this big team after, after Vegas and they're bringing in a puppet. I, I don't see it that way. I think he's, I think he has genuinely done good things for the team, but I think they are, I think, I think you're probably seeing the limits of him as a, as a manager, right? He's got to grow somehow. I, I I don't know where that growth comes from. I really don't. I really don't. Uh, Carl Pilo or Pilot Pilot. Not exactly sure. Carl, let us know how, how you were supposed to say your last name. There's a two week gap between the Austin and Vancouver, uh, Austin game in Vancouver on decision day. Will the team be able to find some fresh offensive ideas in that time? That seems like the only hope to me to make a run in the playoffs. You know, I think I've butchered Carl's name before on this show. <laughs> and I feel really bad. Um, so, uh, it's a good question. I, you and I kind of marked Austin as the winnable game out of these. Um, does Vela even play on the carpet? Like, is, is it, are you going to implement new ideas for the playoffs? Uh, only to turn around and play old man Vela on on that turf in the what's that place called the Canada Dome or something like that. <laughs> I, well, I it literally looks like something Vancouver out of the Palace 1990s. or it, so, yeah, it's I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's enough time. It's definitely enough time to come up with a couple new ideas um, and and like drill stuff since you're going to have two weeks, right? Um, but oh man, I, I am I am I hopeful that they're going to get it done? No, because we're three or four months into this slog, right? Where we keep saying you have you have time, you have time, you have time, you have time. Well, we're out of time now. Yeah, I mean, so. but again, look. So when we they had a break before, right? So about the same amount of time, right? Was before the league Yeah, they came in and looked energized, but did you really see anything new? No, I saw a Mexican team that got blitzed because they didn't have the they didn't have the they didn't have the you know like the playbook on LAFC. Yeah, right. And you know, You're talking about Juarez. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then you go to Salt. I, Lake I mean, Mon- Monterey to an ex- to an extent as well. Salt Lake, like you said, and then Monterey fought their way back <laughs> by yeah. being like, "Oh, we can fix this." <laughs> but but again, <laughs> they did but that in the halftime. That's the difference, right? It's just yeah. like yeah. A good a good team and a good coach will make that will flip that switch at half. Yeah. If LAFC right. needs a two week break to do it, how good a team are you really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody I, I've heard it a couple times uh, with people contextualizing what happened in Campeones Cup against Tigres, and they they mentioned Tigres and in Monterrey as like. Yeah, these are two of the best clubs on the continent for the past long while. And like they are 100% right. 100% right. And this is where I will back Dolo um, for the excuse making when it comes to playing Mexican sides. 
is that these are really good teams that have resources that MLS teams don't. What I want to start holding MLS fans' feet to the fire on is if you are tired of your teams losing to Mexican sides, you have to stop reflexively defending the league. You have to. If you're tired of MLS being in the way, you have to stop reflexively defending the league because they're put at a disadvantage, right? LAFC play all these extra games, and they are against strong Mexican sides because of the way that MLS operates. So you've got to stop defending the league when anybody brings anything up. Because I think, okay, if you were to look at those Monterey and Tigres teams, right, aside from Tuca, right, who was there, was at Tigres for a while, right? Yeah. Um, the one thing that I will say about the Mexican teams is that the coach ain't, ain't it. They'll pull the trigger. They'll eat that cost in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. yeah. The problem with Major League Soccer, right, and again, this speaks to what you your point, is that when you run – when you, when MLS is is part and parcel an arm of U.S. soccer, right, or, or vice versa, however you want to put it, and you would basically have this this cabal, you know, of guys who have been running the running both both sections for forever, and we see the problems, right, whether yeah. it be on any of the national teams, men's or women's, right. Or you see the problems at the youth level. You see the problems at in Major League Soccer, right? Again, it's because when you when you have that in, in that exclusive system, right? That Major League Soccer runs, you're going to have the same guys making the same decisions. Yeah. So it's going you're 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 asking for that for that same cycle because again, what's going to happen is that you know well I mean the national men's national team is a is just a special case because they brought Greg Brohalter right back, right? Uh, but again, how many guys do you just see be, being recycled and talked through? And you'll yeah. you'll have state media and Major League Soccer talk this guy up to you know to move Jesse Marsh here. Then he goes here. Then it, it seemed like he was the the anointed one. And then you have Greg or whoever it may be, right? The next ones that you'll probably see move into the next role are going to be um, Noonan and and. Uh, and the guy from Philadelphia, why am I forgetting his name? Curtin. Yeah. And Jim Curtin, right? They'll just, you know, like no matter what happens. And how many teams is Bruce Marina coach in Major League Soccer? All of them? Right? <laughs> All of them multiple times is the correct answer. Yes. Right. You know, and the only way to get them out was apparently like they had to, you know, had to be an HR violation. Yeah. Right. And so, well, I mean, he, this, look at, look at what happened under him in 2018. Right, yeah. I I don't think there's people still love to blame Klinsman for what happened, uh, and it's it's him holding the bag at the end of the day, right? And where did he go? He got right back into MLS like three days later, right? Um, so it's like you said, they just did recycle. It's like the yeah. What, but do you ever see thing, the uh, the documentary Waiting Tim... for Superman? No, did I ask you about this before? I don't think so talking about public schools and this thing called the dance of the lemons. Like when there's a bad teacher, they just like move them to a new school because <laughs> they can't get rid of them. Right. It, like that's what it is in MLS. It's just this, it's just this thing where uh, 
It's like he'll move and he'll move and he'll move and Bruce Arena will just keep getting a job and a job and a job. It wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me a year from now to be like, oh yeah, the Colorado Rapids are done with Robin Frazier and they're taking Bruce Arena and the and you know like you said, state media will hype him up. So sorry, cut you off there. Yeah, I mean that's that's the unfortunate thing, right? And again, it as much as I want to make it. It like we this this discussion. I wish it could just be about LFC, but ultimately yeah, yeah. it always comes back to the, the the structure of American soccer as a whole. Yeah, and when you really take right. a look at it, is JT divorced of American soccer, or is he just just another guy in that same system? I'd yeah, love I mean, to this think is... he would, I'd love to think he was he's he's different, but I don't know if he's proven to be anything else. The one thing that I will say is that. I don't think I don't think if JT is like lock stock and barrel American <laughs> soccer, he puts up with Chirundola coming out and saying we have to fix the roster situation in MLS. Because there's like such a there's like such a uh um what's the word I'm looking for? Um there's like dang. There's like an uh, Autoimmune response, not, not autoimmune. I can't think of the word. <laughs> like it, like an ant, an antibody response, where like, God, what is the word I'm looking for, Josh? Where like your body responds to a cold or something, right? An immune response. An immune response, not autoimmune response. Man, I'm I'm losing it. Uh, that just shows how far we're off the off the rails. There's an immune response within American soccer. Where like anytime you paint outside the outside the lines or you criticize something unduly, people will come flying at you. Right? It doesn't matter. Like you could be talking about the league, or you could be talking about U.S. soccer, and like some GM somewhere in MLS will come out and say something about it. Right? Like, well, that guy just isn't with the program or whatever. Like that's. That's how ridiculous it is. Because, so I, but I think I think the key words there is they're not with the program because the program is a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and as much as I'd like, I'd love to divorce myself of that reality, right, and be be lost in the sauce and just say, oh, all is well and good, and they, you know, it it's not the case, right? Like yeah. ultimately, the reason I mean, like again, as much as we like, oh, Dolo's gonna say it, it's a, it's a, it's safe. He can say, "Oh, we're, we should take the we, we should lighten the roster restrictions." We've heard it before. Yeah, that's people fair. call for lifting of roster restrictions every year. Doesn't yeah. mean anything ever has to happen because there's something called collect, collective bargaining. Right? Yeah, like you know, they know they don't have to do much. You know, this reminds me. A couple months back, uh, I was in Southern California for a soccer tournament with my with my teams. Uh, went to lunch with a couple of people and had a convert, had a conversation with somebody who is well known in the sport. Everybody would know who this person is, but I'm not because I'm sharing something secret. I'm not going to say it. Um, he was talking to me about how he had been in Germany the year before Chirundolo got hired at Vegas. And he said, Chirundolo would not shut up about the league and how funny and weird and backwards that he thought the league was. So it's not surprising to me to hear Chirundolo coming out and, and taking swipes at the league based on that conversation alone. Right. 
But like you said, it is kind of in a safe manner, right? He's not coming out and lighting the league on fire for like you start, like you have this weird playoff system. You are actively preventing me from competing because you want to protect Colorado, right? Um, he could be a lot more forceful. I, I do agree. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, anyway, maybe maybe he's he's maybe he's a little bit more outspoken, or maybe he's he has alternative thoughts given given where he he was raised from a football perspective, yeah, right? Yeah, in in right. Germany, right. However, his tactics are very much the same. Yeah. So now they're again, very. It's like, very. It's very. In a lot of ways, it's very German, right? Very practical. Yeah. Very sit back, attack, and transition. Just go. Yeah. Well, transition, well, go. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's probably where we're, we could be a little bit unfair to him there. But I think as a whole, when you look at the the grand scheme of things, like I said, it just it it does still feel like LAFC ultimately falls in line because when yeah, you yeah. fall in oh, line, they will. you're guaranteed yeah. a payday. Yep, yep. So, Carl, that was a long, <laughs> rambly way of getting to your question. I'm sorry, man. All right, Alex Fala. Uh, Vela wasn't bad at all trying to distribute from the 10 position. However, no one was making runs to take advantage of that. I, I, I thought he was thought he was fine withdrawn. You and I have made the case for them almost to play a, a 4-4-2-ish type of thing with him as a as a right midfielder, really. Um, but uh, I, you don't have a striker. You're not playing with a striker. So... Who is he like? Who is he going to send the ball to? Bowanga is is going to be out wide. Oliveira is going to be out wide, right? And unless you're going to tell Acosta and Bogus to start running through, like there's nobody else in those five vertical channels. So, <laughs> and they don't seem to be willing to disrupt their defensive stability to be proactive there. Exactly. Exactly. You're not going to go into a four three three with Vela playing as a as a midfielder or Oliveira or even Bowanga as a midfielder to put Mario Gonzalez out there to open things up for in the middle, right? Because you're so worried about what happens defensively that you won't pay attention to what happens in the other phases of the game as a result. So, yeah. Gomez Jr., one more loss, and if the other teams play it right, we can see ourselves in seventh or eighth place. Is it the players, the coach, the bobblehead? <laughs> Once again, though, Oliveira shows signs of great, of being a great addition. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a positive player for sure. Uh, I just think with him specifically, so let's talk about the players. I think they have multiples of the same profile, right? Fast, physical, uh, direct wingers, yeah? Uh a striker that is non-existent because they don't want to sign people long-term to that position. And Mario Gonzalez isn't playing right now. Midfielders who are more box-to-box minded and nobody that's like really going to be the creator, right? And like that's that's what they have. That's what they have. I know 10s are kind of going the way of the Dodo Bird, but like when was the last time they played with one? Lee Wynn? And that wasn't like a permanent thing, right? He was just kind of in and out of the lineup, but... Yeah, I don't know. Anything I miss my gosh. I mean, it yeah. just makes me nostalgic for Lee Wynn. It's a yeah. better time. Yep. Um, LAFC Luke, what switched between the first half of the season and the second half, or was their offensive play this formulaic and repetitive? I think it was. I, I mean, you Bowanga was like the golden boot 
leader, right? And I think he's had like two goals since then in league play. Uh, I think it's just that people figure it out. Just, I mean, when you watch Boanga running now, you'll just see more of an effort to get back and you'll always see a fullback and a center back in position. They, they won't, other teams won't take chances getting their right back forward. They just won't because they know what, what will happen if, if the ball goes behind them. So Jeff, okay. This is one of my favorites from tonight. Um, we appreciate everybody, but this one, especially from the heel of the foot, Jeff talk. What was the last difference making signing LAFC had? Was it this season? Should Vela have been a third DP this year or been a DP this year? Should Thornton's job be in danger with these two awful transfer windows? Josh, do you have first crack at this one? I think you can survive Vela as your third DP if you actually have a third DP. Yep. Or as a DP if you have a third DP. Yes. That's yes. that's the first one. So I I'm gonna that it's I know it's a bit of a hedge, but again. Vela, Vela is still Carlos, you know, like he can still do special things and it's okay to have a guy that's a specialist as that third DP. If you have two other guys that are carrying alone. Yeah. You don't have that. You have one. Right. So you went, like we were saying, we went from four, four DP caliber, right. Mm-hmm. Health, health, notwithstanding to one to now one and a half. Yeah. Or even if you just say it, it was Chicho, um, Buanga, and then the third one is half Carlos Vela, half Gareth Bale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You still had three. Right. Right. And so I think I think that's there. Yep. Should JT's job be on the line? The seat's warm, but I don't think it's I think I think he's still I think he's still I mean they won a cup last year, so I think he's in a, he definitely is allowed more leeway there, but I think I think at this point people are definitely going to have a far less patience. Um, yeah. All things considered. And then who our best signing was, uh, or did we make an impact? I, I think Bogush is that guy. He's that guy. You think it was a difference making signing? I mean, I think if, if it not for some of the plays he's made in the midfield, I think this team is terrible. Yeah. So I, yeah, I get, so I He's a difference-making signing in in the sense that uh, he's held it together, right? For me, honestly, I think when when I first read this question, who was the last difference-making signing? It's Gareth Bale, and it's for the reason that I brought up earlier. I think he scored three goals for LAFC, right? Two in the regular season and one in the MLS Cup. Um, but that was the difference maker. That was the that was the big impact, and the one before that would have been Chicho. Um, I still trust him to go out and make things happen. Um, so, like, I have no problem going into the January window and like believing that he's going to go get something done because we've seen it before, uh, and they kind of hinted before this window that they weren't going to go out and like make anything splashy. Now I still think the cardinal sin, the cardinal sin that's been committed is the fact, I guess there's two that they, that they will not go like, they will not 
that go out and make an opportunistic signing on a third DP. It seems like it, they will only sign them senior DPs. That is if it's somebody that they see that they're going to have for a long term. Now I get the idea that like you want to make sure to get that signing, right? You want to uh, minimize whatever risk is associated with it. But uh, at some point they're going to have to, they're going to have to get over this idea that it has to be an absolute locked on home run from the, from the drop. Right. Because I, I, I feel like they, they need to take a little bit more risk in chasing some of these big names and be willing to move on from them sooner if it doesn't work out. Right. Uh, they don't have to go full Arthur blank. I think, I think that's an example of going too far in the opposite direction. Um, but they've, they've got to, be more ambitious with the way that they go after DPs. Um, should Vela have been a third D, uh, a DP this year? Like I, I agree with you on uh, if you just sign Chicho and you say, you know what, we're doing away with U22s, we're going to buy everybody out however possible. Uh, I think, I think, fine, third DP, yeah, go for it. Um, but I mean, what has he given you? He's given you nine goals and a, I think eight assists, right? That's that's good. It those are good, strong, respectable numbers, but not what you're looking for in a senior DP. I mean, any other, you know, like if you were to say your DP is going to shoot nine and eight, most teams are happy, right? But again, yeah. you're not supposed to be most teams. Also, it's it's one thing if that guy has nine and eight, and then you have two other guys that are producing at a high clip. Yeah. Right. So I think that's the part there. The sad thing is, is like when you really now go back and look at it even more, right? So you're gonna tell me that you let Chicho walk to try and sell Sifu and then bring on Steve Buke. <laughs> Jeff Talk um, had some fun with that one on, on, yeah, on, I mean, on, so on your reoccurring it, segment. It's it's occurring to me that people may not understand why we are saying, and we brought that up a couple of times tonight, why we're saying you sold Chicho to keep Sifu. The idea being he was the only one that absolutely had to be uh, a U-22, right? Because Palacios and who was the other one? I can't remember. Palacios and somebody else were were bought out of their U22 spots, right? So had you just moved Sifu, you you potentially could have could have signed Chicho to his third DP contract and you just end up with one U22 signing, which if it's Matty Pogush is fine, right? Then you don't even bring Steve Buke in. Um now they've gone out and they've got, you know, Olivera is here and Krostev is here on a loan, but potential for uh, purchase. So it's like you're that's that option's gone. You're it's going to have to be a young DP that you go grab. Although presumably it's Krostev, right? If they have to pay seven million, I think that's going to end up being your your young DP. So I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next transfer window. I guess. Okay. I mean, none of it tells me that any of those guys are going to be that guy. That, yeah, or like yeah. nothing tells me that any of those guys are nearly as good as Chicho would have been had you just kept no, him. no. So and uh, one more point on this: the fact this is again 
this is wrapped up in that cardinal sin of letting Chicho walk. You knew what you were coming into. You knew that this was the year, right? You win Supporter Shield, MLS Cup last year. You know you're losing Bale. You know like who, who you're going to be able to count on. And you let Chicho walk when you're going into CCL and going into League's Cup and you have Campeones Cup and you're going to like, why not just keep it together for one more year, one more year, and then start the massive rebuild after? Like, I guess that's the bigger problem for me is the arrogance involved with saying, no, no, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We don't need this. We don't need a striker to perform in CCL, to to win CCL. And they almost got there. They almost got there. Um, So I'll give them that. But they didn't. They lost. So anyway, okay. Uh, Paul T. Greco, this was just painful to watch. Where is Mario? The true striker showed up today wearing yellow. Oof. Talking about our man, Chicho. The front office screwed up extending Vela as a DP to answer the last question. Uh, we should rebuild and cut the dead weight at this point. Why are, who do you get rid of this off season? Josh, do you have a name or two that you want to bounce? <clears throat> Unfortunately, right. As, as it currently stands, I think you have to let both Ilya and Vela walk. And uh, I love me some Ilya, but I don't know if at his cost, but I think he's making over a million dollars that you can afford to not, you know, again, if you, especially if you're not going to use him, in in a effective register role, and you're just going to have him sit in between the the center backs, like you know what yeah. what 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 do you really have to gain there, right? Like there's so more. So his contract expires t- this December. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably you start with you probably have to start with those two guys. Um, you just re-signed Hollingshead, correct? So yeah, I mean, I you keep Hollingshead for sure. Um, poor man, marking on Chicho and tonight's game, notwithstanding. Uh, Segura's coming back, so if you have another year in Chiellini, I'm 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 good with moving along. I think Palacios is gone, so you're keeping Palencia, and you got to go sign another swing fullback because they'll never sign four. Uh, Ilya probably goes. Vela either goes or comes back on a TAM deal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I you might want to you might want to shop uh, John McCarthy around as well to see what you can get for him and sign a different backup. Um, just just so you can recoup some assets, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's really it. I mean, you know, but. The that's that's the thing. You gotta paint it yourself into a corner to a certain degree, right? Because yeah, there's only so many moves that you can make. You know, again, I think your 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 floor had again, the floor is still fairly high with this team, right? Like they're not yeah. terrible. Yeah. But again, I don't I just don't think they're winning anything. Yeah. I should say that uh I am not picking up the option on Maldonado or Krostev. There's no way. There's no way I do either one of those deals. Krostev probably has some potential, but it's not worth $7 million to see. And Maldonado is 
I, I you may like go sign any fifty thousand dollar a year MLS center back. It's the exact same, probably with fewer free kicks given away. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, they're not going to use an international roster spot either. Yep. Yep. Okay, Topo Modesto. Uh, we could have had another 90 minutes and LAFC still wouldn't have scored. Ooh, shots fired. Why is it that LAFC are unable to change tempo or dictate terms of the game? Is Dolo Ball just reactionary? Yes, 100%. You are, again, we are the smartest listeners, right? Um, it is just reactionary. We've turned over the ball. Now go. We, like that's That's the moment of advantage that they want to press the most is in that transition. Now, plenty of teams do that. Plenty of teams also know how to attack in different phases of the game. Uh, why is it they're unable to change tempo or dictate? Uh, it's because they don't, they like almost intentionally don't play in the attack, right? So they, it's just not something that they, that they do. That's a coaching failure. Um, they don't necessarily have the best horses to do it, but they have better horses than a lot of the league does. So, uh, like just using Vela as like a more of a withdrawn winger, and you would be fine doing this, right? Um, but they are just not interested in changing rhythm and attacking well, at different speeds. The weird thing is also with Vela. Now that he, you know, yeah, there was a moment I think in the second half where he had an opportunity to get on the run and just didn't have that last bit to get by his guy, right? And he ended up having to pull up and, you know, the attack didn't really, nothing came to the attack as always. But if, isn't he more effective now on the left wing versus the right? Because it doesn't, like, what you know, but then is Buanga effective not being able to cut in? Yeah, that, that's an interesting thought. Um, I He's played there a fair amount. Like it seems like they're they're still switching a fair bit. I don't know that I saw him do it at all tonight, though. Um, I I think there's there's a case to be made with him playing more as a traditional winger and playmaking from the left, and Palacios being the speed threat down that wing. Uh, that it probably could be effective. I I think I think you're wise to point out that like that's probably not Bawanga's best position there on the right wing. So, yeah. I mean, I guess you play striker, old, right. right now would be Wong through the middle and Oliver on the right, right? Yeah. But it does, it does feel like Vela in the current positions he's playing is your waste. He's a bit wasted. Whereas I think yeah. it's like if you're just asking him to whip in crosses from a withdrawn position, a withdrawn winger position, he's going to do it better than anyone else on the team. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, LAFC Geo. Why even make the playoffs at this point? Four straight games without scoring uh, a single goal. LOL. Mediocre performances back to back to back to back. Um, I mean, you make them because crazier things have happened, I guess. <laughs> then, yeah. like, th then Steve finally figuring out, like, all right, this is how we're going to attack. This is this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna do to break down these blocks. But man, I'm I'm with it, Geo. I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see a clear path to MLS Cup. I mean, why so. why why break down the block when you can be the block? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. Uh, Pedro Jimenez. Completely lost. It feels like a stretch. We've allowed one goal in open play in four games. That's amazing defense, with which we agree. And we've created plenty of chances. We just can't score. We need a true striker to put the ball away. They used to have one. They went out and signed one this summer. Too late. Too late to integrate into the team. And too late to help you in CCL. Mm-hmm. When you so, could have had one all along. That's on the other team. And and, yeah. and put you into a... That sent you from second to fourth. You know what's funny to me too is like... The more that you think about it... The more I ask myself things like... If LAFC was willing to let Chicho walk... Because they knew they had a short list of strikers that they wanted to, to look at... Was Mario Gonzalez that important to his team... That he wasn't going to get sold in the in the winter. Like yeah. you couldn't go get him then. Do the finances not work out? Like I know the LAFC like to do these things where they bring him in in the summer because they only have to pay him for half the year, and there's like a bit of a uh, you, like you can hide salaries there, right? You can have essentially extra DPS because they only play for half the year. But like, did you not care about CCL? I don't know. I, like, I'm still in this weird thing. Like, I, I thought we were supposed to care about all these competitions, but I don't really know because of the way that you handled the signings. I, don't I mean, know. the question is: Does anyone care when you're when you're in a franchise model that just pumps money into your pocket, regardless <laughs> of what you do? I am the worst influence <laughs> on Josh. My goodness, Josh is now matching my cynicism on. <laughs> Single entity soccer in the United States. All right, last one here is from Alan Kine. Anyone who doesn't think this is system at this point is naive, need proof. Look at the regressive attacking performance of Maddie, Denis, Tillman, Vela, etc., and complete lack of uh, midfield ability to connect. It's drawn up this way. He turned us into early 2000s USMNT, yet worse. Hashtag Dolo out. Uh... There's a lot of truth there, Josh. Like, it's by design, right? This is how they want to play. So, Yeah. I mean, again, we talked about earlier. His tactics just make him just another guy within that same U.S. US coaching framework, unfortunately. So, yeah. We are nearly an hour and a half in. Josh's dog is done. Uh, (laughs) uh, I, I think I'm satisfied. I think we've more than covered everything. Um. The last thing is I think both Josh and I are probably comfortable giving like giving Dolo the next five games is what it's probably going to be, right? Or four games, right? The next three and, and first round or whatever, right? If they can make the, the three-game series in the second round, I think it is, then great. But it's hard to see them beating a team twice in a row. Um, hopefully we're wrong. Hopefully Dolo's secret mastermind is holding a bunch of cards close to his ch- close to his chest and is going to close this thing out the same way he did last year. But that's looking far from reality right now. Uh, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. LFC Josh on X. And we will talk to you all midweek after the Minnesota match. Good night. Good night.